self-development with tactics. So, I have nearly forgotten about recording a video and I've also realized that I haven't recorded a video for TikTok yet. Follow me on TikTok. Link is actually not down in the description, but it should be from now on. Hopefully. We will see. Well, um, the last time we have stopped with Joyful, uh, the book by Ingrid. Fatel Lee, pretty, pretty interesting read, not as good and or, well, necessary as I thought it would be, but yeah, I just nearly thought that I've already finished. So did we stop with key idea number two? No, we did not. So we're going to go ahead with key idea number three. You can find freedom in a garden as long as you don't design it too strictly. No doubt you will remember that feeling you had as a child. You decided to pack a little bag and head off into the woods or along a path. What pushed you on was the feeling of freedom and the desire for the open road. Such feelings are not a thing of the past. You can actually create that freedom within your own home. It just takes a bit of design and know-how. A good place to start is the garden. Just consider what the Dutch garden designer Piet Odolf has created in Hummelo, close to the German border. Lee visited him in his garden there and was immediately hit by a strong sense of freedom. It was a wild garden where tall blue salvia and ho ho what? hollyhocks were placed amid grass thickets. The grasses themselves were of various strengths, lengths and colors. No closely trimmed lawn here. A figure-eight path gave the profusion of grasses and flowers a little structure, but didn't stop butterflies from fluttering across it. He was deeply affected. The freedom in the garden design prompted a feeling of freedom in her. She had a sudden desire to take the day off and lace in the shelter corner of this magical realm with a picnic beside her. The trick to getting a garden to have this effect on visitors is to design it relatively loosely. Odolf was certainly of that school of thought, he had learned about gardening in the English tradition, but soon found it too constraining. The rules were just too strict, too strictive. They dictate when and where to plant things, how flower beds should be prepared, and even which colors to pair. Udov embraced freedom in his garden. Uh, Chedesoning? What the fuck? Chedesoning tradition. Instead of dividing areas of the garden with stiff, shrubs he opted for grasses. Grasses are great because they grow into large bushy shapes but they are much wilder than shrubs. Consequently flowers can grow among them while the wind can also blow the grasses this way and that. The use of grasses gave a much more dynamic and lively feel to this garden. Quite unlike static and formal English gardens, Udolf even applied the same principle to other plants. Each would be allowed its freedom and none would be compelled to sit rigid in a pruned form. Well, I do want to point out, 
I don't necessarily think that English gardens are too strict, but I would rather say that the French garden is extremely fucking strict. But I might have a distorted vision and or thought of the English garden. So we're gonna look it up. No. Well, yeah, it, it is strict and it has a form. Maybe more than it kind of looks like. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I think it is nothing compared to the French one. Even though, I mean, if you look at Versailles and so on and so forth, it, it just really is beautiful. But I wouldn't think that I would have such a thing at my house. You know, such a garden. First of all, uh, just keeping it that way costs a ton of money and ton of effort and ton of quite everything. And on the other hand, when you, well, um, like, I don't know. I mean, one really also has to be concerned to just not destroy the garden. You know, if it's so costly and, um, you know, you worth such a lot of work. Anyway, do I want to look up Odolf's garden? Nah. I am rather willing to go through key idea number four. Feng Shui is about creating a harmonious space which can increase joy and happiness. Feng Shui gets a bad rap these days. Perhaps you already feel a tide of skepticism rising at the very mention of the term, but it needn't be like that. In essence, it is just a Chinese philosophy that guides people on how to best on how best to arrange rooms in order to, for example, get sound asleep. It is actually a pretty practical approach to creating a harmonious space. Putting Feng Shui into action is simple. You have to focus your attention on each part of the home and consider how the overall room, room, I'm sorry, room design might be made more harmonious. There is no magic to it. The underlying principle in Feng Shui is that a form of energy called Qi runs through all matter. Consequently, should the flow of Qi through a space be interrupted, the room's harmony will be disrupted or disturbed, I'm sorry, due to the pooling of stagnating energy. The classic example of bad Feng Shui is to place large or tall items of furniture right in the middle of a room. Also looks shit, by the way. You might think it difficult to assess the finer flows of energy in a room, but it is actually not. Just ask yourself, how would a small pet move through a room if released here? Would it be free to move and explore the space and all its objects easily? Or would it get struck circling around awkward placed furniture and piles of paper? If the latter is the case, then the room likely has bad Feng Shui. There is every reason to embrace Feng Shui since it can help increase joy and happiness. And it brings right by your front door. The entryway to any home should be free of clutter if it is to be welcoming. If you can barely open the door because of shoes, coat racks, boxes or pieces of furniture, you will feel slowed down even as you exit. If you leave burdened by the thought of obstacles, then you will remain plagued by that for the rest of the day too. You may even find yourself becoming increasingly irritable because of it, which is by the way something that happened to me and something that I kind of was able to solve. I think it really depends on structuring your room in the most effective and efficient way you possibly can. You know yourself. I know myself. 
and you know yourself and therefore know that when the day is long, you tend to, I don't fucking know, you tend to throw your jacket over your chair, you know, but it really is pissing you off in the end because it looks cluttered and it doesn't look very nice and neat and tidied up. So you have to get up and have to get the energy to um, open your closets and put it in there. So what about having a rack where you can put your coat on or your jacket or whatnot? Probably looks a bit more tidied up. Maybe you even just put this thing into a different room so that you're not having it in your living room or, or your sleep room. Bedroom, sleep room, bedroom, yeah. Yes. The same applies when you arrive home. If you return to an open and welcoming space, this will lead to the generation of joy. Opening a door to a pile of junk is not going to create the same effect. Something that I also thought about and something that every psychiatrist and psychotherapist is going to tell you, you know, that makes sense to tidy up your room and or live in a way that makes you feel great. And if your room, a cluttered room, is something that pisses you off or something that you dislike, well, guess what? Maybe you have to do something about that. Maybe that makes sense. Couples should pay special attention to the placement of their bed in the bedroom. It should allow two people easy access to it. Thus, neither side should be up against the wall. An asymmetrically placed bed is a sign of an asymmetrical relationship. If you adopt a more egalitarian approach in the placement of your bed, the increased harmony that generally results will also improve your domestic life. Well, I don't know how much uh, this really is the case. But I don't know, like I do indeed like it when there is at least one wall on one side of my bed. Like two walls, walls is not going to be possible quite. But I like when there is at least one. I don't know really why. Um, in terms of movement of the bed, this kind of creates even a bit... Um, well, uh, I don't know if it is optimal, you know, to just have a wall next to your bed and you know actually two walls one on the left or right side and one on the front and or back or rear of the of the bed um in terms of movement and therefore noise and whatnot it's probably going to be more noise the more walls um your bed is is touching quite but yeah it's actually pretty interesting i always thought that feng shui is just some a festival kind of thingy thing but apparently it is not <clears throat> feng shui for the bedroom bed in a command position which is like really in the middle headboard so you apparently need a headboard uh, two sides tables not too many house plants, but there is one and two. And no TV, no heavy paintings, no sharp corners. The question is why? Learn all about your Feng Shui area for your home or office. Career, water, helpful people, creativity. What is that? Ruhm und Zukunft, which is... Ah, 
your future and um well i i i knew the word actually like the word of mouth that gets spread about you you know what is something good something bad there you have <clears throat> fire as an element heart face and eyes as uh well body things and s for south i guess and some other symbol that i really don't know how to interpret then when you have um, love and partnership you're gonna have earth or soil quite as an element your tummy and your mouth as a body part and southwest kids and creativity you're gonna have metal lung nose and mouth as well as the west then uh, northwest is gonna be um, helpful friends as well metal apparently what is k-i-k-l well i don't know they have part of your intestines i guess and your head then on the north side you're gonna have well i actually don't want to read the whole thing i don't necessarily think it is important there is a, a little overview wood creativity and growth fire leadership and boldness earth strength and stability metal focus and order water emotion and inspiration that is amazing i really don't know how to use it but it is there when you have it and apparently you should also not have a window above your bed above the head of your bed and you also shouldn't have something beneath your bed like some drawers so that it is optimal apparently then you should also not have your door in the corner uh -huh, there's actually ways in which you can i don't know if this is a real thing i don't think so could you please not be as loud. Thank you. Well, yeah, quite indeed. I mean, I thought that it is a bit crazy, but there is this north to south uh, diagram of things, and you can also apply that to your whole flat. So it makes sense, apparently, to have your bathroom in the north, living room in the south your bedroom in the southwest some well another bedroom in the south uh, northwest then you're gonna have an well it, it kind of i don't know if it makes any sense to be honest like it's i think it is rather random well it kind of ah now i get it so when you have uh, partnership, kids, friends, career, knowledge, family, um, um, rich, rich, rich um, wealth, yeah, and the other one that I just don't know. If you think about it, uh, when you have partnership in the southwest, then having your bedroom there with your partner makes sense. If kids is in the west, well, then you're going to have a room for the kids in the west. If... Um, Friends is going to be in, in the northwest. Then uh, you're going to have like like a guest room there. Career is in the north. There you're going to have your uh, 
working room thingy thing, knowledge. Yeah, I think you get my point. And with that being said, I think that I'm going to end the episode. And I'll um, see you soon, hopefully.